Welcome back in. Bill Michaels Show, hour number three. And good to have you on board, hour number three. And a reminder that uh, Grant Bills and I are going to be at Stenny's, second to National Walker's Point, coming up on Friday. Friday, not Saturday, Friday. Uh, they changed the date because of the, uh, the Badger-Ohio State game. So Friday night, the Halloween costume contest, we're going to be down there and enjoying ourselves, imbibing in some wings, some beverages, some cheese bread, and then having a lot of fun with a lot of creative people. So hopefully if you are into the costume contest thing, you come down and join us coming up this Friday night as we're going to be down at Stenny's and we're going to be checking out some you know, college football, game one of the World Series. I'm sure there's going to be hockey on the tube and then the costume contest. So it's a full night, full night of stuff coming up on Friday night, and I'm looking forward to it. Is Rachel excited about this? She loves dressing up. Uh, she's okay. the she's the costume person between the two of okay. us. So, what is she coming as? Well, you know, it's Wednesday uh, at lunchtime. We don't we don't know yet. That's something we gotta <laughs> something we gotta figure out. What the hell does lunchtime have to do with anything? That's Wednesday. It's lunchtime. I gotta make. Well, it Wednesday's day. halfway done. Is my point. So I, I got what a day and a half or two two and a half days here to figure it out. I want to go <laughs> as Mike Clements with the white sneakers and the shorts right? and the. The the journalist look, but then I don't that know what that awesome. would what that would mean for her if we're doing a couple's costume. So yeah, I don't know. That would be awesome. Well, she could go as Taylor Swift and you could interview her. I suppose. Uh, again, I, I think there's a 50-50 chance that Mike Clemens is in her suite when, when she comes to Lambeau <laughs> against the Chiefs. He's not gonna tell anyone either. He, we're just gonna no, see him on no. TV in there, just He'll taking in there, taking yeah. in some food over in the corner just listening to Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman talk about their latest movies or whatever. I can see Mike standing in the corner. He's got a plate under him, and he's, he's eating a brat. And he's like, just as they pan to her, and she's doing some kind of high-five thing, you know, just as they pan to her, there's Mike in the background stuffing a brat in, you know, that type of thing. <laughs> so I can see that happening. Or Mike's in front of her in the window, you know. He's got his palm to forehead like, oh, I can't believe they gave that touchdown up. He's explaining high five. Yeah. <laughs> he's explaining Joe Barry's defense to Taylor Swift and her posse. Yeah, nobody really yeah. likes this guy here in town. He's he's giving him the uh, the lowdown on the defense. Or he's like, you know, this was renovated. And once it was renovated, back in this back in the day, Brett Favre, this was Brett Favre's suite. And Favre used to, and then he starts talking about all the people that Favre used to have in his suite. And she's sitting there listening, kind of all eyes rolling back in her head, but Mike's so detailed she can't stop him. And then he pulls up a thing of Tupperware going, this is the chili from the Bay Motel. Now, when Dick Schaap wrote his book and sat down with Jerry Kramer, this is the chili they had. So take a taste of it. So suddenly Mike gets tackled because he tried to give something that hasn't been checked by security to Taylor Swift. Oh, I could see that happening. I could see that happening. You're right. Uh, so we're going to be down there this coming Friday night. Hopefully uh, you're down there with us in a face in the crowd. It should be a lot of fun. Really looking forward to it. Uh the uh, well, let's see here. Mark says, uh, "What do you make of the comments of Aaron Rodgers? He sure does like to irritate us Packer fans." I, you know what? I don't know. I don't know what the comments were. What comments am I supposed to be paying attention to? Grant, is there something that I've missed out of Aaron Aaron Rodgers? I know he was on the McAfee show yesterday. I'm blocked by the McAfee show account, so I don't see these clips. You're blocked. Why are you blocked? I used to. T- this is a this is a really long dumb story. I used to no, make no, I like. Got to hear this. So. You know how when Rodgers would go on the McAfee show, like Packers reporters would would post the screenshot and then a quote of what he said? 
And that, that right. was the timeline. So what I would do is take the screenshot, but then like post some fake quote about how, you know, the Brewers are in a slump right now, but I think if, you know, or it, like a right. fake quote about Rogers complaining about the hater trade. And then I tweet it and it's funny. Like it's a joke, but I did it so many times. And then they just blocked me. I was like, Oh, okay. So now when Rogers goes on there, I don't, I don't know what he <laughs> talks about. I don't see these comments. And honestly, my life might be better for it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't, uh, because he is on when we're on, I don't watch it. So I don't know. And I'll be, I, I, I said this yesterday. Was it yesterday or Monday? But I said it quite honestly. And I, mean, I kind of joke about the Taylor Swift talk, but I'm sick of it. I'm done. Uh, the the smugness uh, of Aaron Rodgers, like he's the only one with any intelligence in the world, is now to the point of obnoxious and unbearable. Um the Taylor Swift stuff, the coverage, it's not her fault, but it's, I've now, I, I don't want to see her anymore. I'm just done with it. So uh, I, I'm, you know, and I feel bad because Mrs. Kelsey, now don't get me wrong, I was starting to get aggravated with seeing Mrs. Kelsey on everything as well. You know, obviously with the two sons playing in the NFL and they played against each other in the Super Bowl last year, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and they used her to death. I mean, my God, she was. She was used in everything out in Arizona for Super Bowl coverage. Ugh, it made me sick at that point, too. Um, but I just said the other day, I'm, I'm just done with it. So if if he said something, I don't know what it is. Because I, unless it's something so outlandish and derogatory, I really don't give two dams. And part of the problem that I have with Aaron Rodgers, and while I believe he is an unbelievably talented person, uh, when it comes to his knowledge, when it comes to his ability to throw the football and what he's done in the football field, he has gone at times so far into the I'm I'm the only one that can speak on this particular subject off the rails that it's become irritating. And it is nothing but self-serving hypocrisy, and I can't listen to him anymore. So, uh, so when he says something and people go crazy, I'm like, ah, you'd have to tell me because I'm not paying attention to it, you know. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670. Now, I know this. He is very um, – he's on the Jordan Love bandwagon. He talks about loving love and loving Jordan and uh, like his little brother and all, the, you know, all that. Okay, whatever, because he is the absolute counter opposite of what Brett Favre was. So that I know, but beyond that, I have no idea what he said. So if he said something – I, I don't I don't know what he said, so I guess I should. It's my job, but I really to this point I, I don't care. <laughs> Sorry. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free to go ahead and do so. This was from Scott. Scott says, uh, "Hey Bill, with the adjusted win total, I would have to say I expect the Packers to win maybe two to three more games at best. This offense can't score. The defense is okay at best." And Joe Barry needs to be fired. What happens at the end of the season if they only have a few wins and it looks this bad? Then what? You said it's all in the eyeball test. What would your eyeballs tell you? Wow, that's a great question. What would my eyeballs tell you? If it stayed like this and looked this bad? And Because I said at the beginning of the year, I don't care how many games they win as long as I see progression growth and I understand where the, the direction the team is going in. If, wow. 
That's an awesome question. It's very hard to be definitive. I would probably say, okay, I I would take it kind of in, in two or three different parts. The first part being, if I don't see the wide receivers, the tight ends, if I don't see things getting better offensively, and I keep hearing Matt LaFleur going, well, it's me. i got to coach better. i got to do this. i got to do that. And it's all on me. It's all on me and all on me. I'm eventually going to say, you're right. It's all on you. Talk to you later. I would probably fire Matt LaFleur. Because if it's not getting better for an entire season and you're not seeing the progressionary glimpses of, you know, NFL players that are all learning together and growing together and getting on the same page together, then whatever it is you're doing to get them from point A to point B is not working, and I need to find somebody who will, if I'm Brian Gutekinds to Mark Murphy. So that would be my first and foremost. Secondly, if I see a defense that, again, is in top 15 but not near top 10, Joe, I've given you nothing but talent. I understand that injuries become part of the game, but you got to go. You've done, you have done nothing to prove the positive side or the negative side. You're gone. And, again, it's not all on the defense because the offense stinks. So you have to take that into consideration. But at this point, I'm cleaning house. Um, And then your decision would have to be made on Jordan Love. And if if it keeps going like this, uh, I am finding a quarterback in the draft. I'm finding a veteran quarterback that I'm going to pay to come in. And I'm going to open up a quarterback competition in camp. And I don't care if it's Jordan Love. I don't care if it's Baker Mayfield or Kirk Cousins or somebody you draft. I don't care. But it's going to be the best quarterback, not because we're beholden to a guy that's got the word one first round in front of his name. I I don't care. And then if I'm good against, you have to then be – you're very humbled in stepping down and going, you know what, I was wrong. And everything that transpired because of that and, you know, how the organization kind of got set into a tizzy, you have to own that. You have to own that. So if it's a draft choice, if it's Sean Clifford, if it's a free agent that's out there, if it's Jordan Love or whatever, I mean, everybody's going to come into camp and we're going to say, you don't have a job. You have to earn a job. Nobody here has a job. You're all on notice. Everybody's going to play. Everybody's going to be in the preseason. Everybody's going to get their opportunities. What you do with it is up to you. And I would rotate everybody through the ones, through the twos, through the threes, and I'm going to look at everybody. Because at that point in time, in a quarterback-driven league, you've got to find a quarterback. So that's kind of my three-part step process-wise, if indeed things don't change. Is that fair, Grant? I mean, am I – Am I being too critical here? Uh, but if things stay the same and they only win two or three, maybe four games tops? I am holding my Matt LaFleur stock. I was very frustrated in the last two weeks, but I'm going to hold because the more clips that I see of people breaking down film, I think there are places for Jordan Love to go with the ball that he's not always seeing. And I think these wide receivers are making a lot of mistakes. So I- I'm going to be patient. I'm going to take it easy on Matt LaFleur for a bit. I, I still have optimism in in his ability to turn this around. Well, so. that, that again, no, I'm, I'm labeling this as if things remain the same. Yes. And things don't get better. That's the, as the question was posed to me, that that's what I would say would have to happen. Now, if say 
Uh, they end up with four wins total or five wins total, but the offense is really starting to click and the defense is letting them down. Well, then things become different. You know, if let's say the offense is starting to play well, but suddenly the kicker can't kick and the punt game uh, suddenly has two or three returns against them and they lose games in ugly fashion. Well, then I'd say, okay, it's not necessarily the offense's fault and things are beginning to, to, to trend positively. I mean, it's just, but if things are the same, and this is the way the season ends with just two, three, maybe four wins. Boy, I, I, that's that would be where I'm at because if things aren't going to get better, then you know what are you teaching them? Well, and I'm going to question uh, all of the the position coaches too, right? The the wide receiver right? coaches, the offensive Absolutely. line, the assistants. Oh, I'm cleaning house. I'm cleaning house uh, because I, you know, look, you, you're starting over anyway. Bakhtiari's going to be gone. The the Rogers money's going to come off the books. You can make some changes. You're going to have anywhere from 30 to 60 million bucks to spend, depending on, you know, who you keep, who you don't, and what you're looking at and what you're going to restructure. So to me, it's like, look, I can go out and implement. I can go out and find pieces. I can go out and find a coach. I can go out and find different pieces to come in and run this team. And now all I need to do is just kind of put, put some money into it and go from there. And you could be back on track within a year or two at most. I mean, look what Matt LaFleur did taking over from Mike McCarthy. We never saw a 13-3 and season coming, much less an NFC championship run. So it can be done. And if I've got to do that and start over, that's what I do. But it, you, that's when you just look at it and go, it's an entirely new era of Packers football. And we're, we're down at the same level, if not below everybody else in the division. And we now have to start digging our way back out of this. If I was a general manager or, or the president of, a, of a, a football team, Bill, I would have a rule with my head coach. You need to bring in an assistant every year. Could be offense, could be defense. You need to bring in an assistant from another staff every offseason. Every, I want you bringing in an outside voice every year because what happens, and I think we're seeing this with Lafleur, started out with Getze and Hackett mm -hmm. and Stenovich, and one by one, those guys have left, and I love promoting candidates internally and giving them chances, but you're not getting any new ideas. You're not bringing in an outside voice or an outside eye to say, well, what if we did it this way? It, it turns into an echo chamber over the years if you're not bringing in outside voices. That would be my rules, a president or a GM. You got to go out every offseason, even if you got to make up a role, bring in someone new to bring in new ideas and to keep it fresh. And I think that's part of what's gone on with the Packers, especially on the offensive side of the ball the last couple of years. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. I want to deal with a couple of things over on the live stream when we come back because there's some comments over there that I would like uh, like to address as well because I think uh, I understand where you're coming from, but you're a little bit off base, and I want to tell you why. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends down there at the Calderon Club, uh, Gino and the gang, terrific Italian food. Now, tomorrow night, it's going to be jammed. So if you're thinking about heading down there tomorrow night, it's going to be packed. you got the opener for the Milwaukee Bucks. They're back down at the Fiserv Forum. Downtown's going to be buzzing. Tomorrow night, if you're going to head down before the game, that's the place to go, but make sure you get down there early. Actually, I'm going down there tomorrow night, not to necessarily go to the game. I'm having dinner with my son, but we're going to go down a little bit later. Once the tables clear out and everybody heads over to the Fiserv Forum, that's when we're going to move in, sit down at the end of the bar, watch the game, and then have a little bit of Italian food. So I'm looking forward to it. Calderon Club or San Giorgio Pizzeria Napolitana, either place, absolutely positively spectacular. Check them both out. Again, Calderon Club, San Giorgio, Napoletana Pizzeria, 838 Old World 3rd Street, downtown Milwaukee. The best Italian food you will ever stick in your grill. Ready! This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. 
incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Certain restrictions apply. See showroom for details. Offers at That's good, which is two things. One, it's spectacular. It's a lot of fun. But secondly, it's not expensive. It's an eclectic old building. It's at a not-for-profit, but they have a hell of a stage. And It used to be a huge old church. And the church portion of it's still there, but the stage is enormous. And they put some really good bands up there. It's a lot of fun. And uh, they've got an upstairs, a downstairs. They've got an Irish pub in the back. You don't have to be Irish to love it, but they have got some really good holiday music coming. And do not forget, Cynthian is coming the night before St. Patrick's Day. And, oh, my God, that's going to be a party. Go to ICHC.net. That's ICHC.net. Or uh, call our buddy Corey, 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. That's ICHC.net, whether it's for a concert Maybe you want to put a wedding there, a meeting space, whatever it happens to be. Check out the Irish Cultural Heritage Center. They have a bunch of fundraisers going on. They have a lot. They, on Halloween, they have uh, spooky story readings and such for the kids. If you want to bring the kids down, it's it's all kinds of cool stuff going on, on at the ICHC. Irish Cultural Heritage Center right there on West Wisconsin Avenue, just west of the Marquette campus uh, in downtown Milwaukee. 414-345-8800. 414-345-8800. Scott Grodsky, CBS 58, coming up here at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk with Scott uh, about the Brewers and the fact that the, the breaking news of the day, the Mets have been given permission by the Brewers to talk to Craig Council. So you would only assume that they are working out some kind of a monetary compensation package, and that's it. And uh, beyond that, you wait and see. And we'll also talk with him about the Green Bay Packers team. Um, we were talking before, which was a terrific question, about if things remain the same, what would you do? And I had to think about that for a minute because I said all along, there's no way that Matt LaFleur loses his job unless he loses the team. As of right now, I mean, the team is still fighting. There's still belief. They still have opportunities. They still, they, oh, they could still win the division for all we know. But we know that Detroit has the stranglehold on it. But it really does. I mean, <laughs> You go to Las Vegas, they're not very good. You get beat. Then you get a bye, two weeks off. 
you get a chance to self-scout, see what you've done right, see what you've done wrong, let's correct the mistakes. Then you go into Denver, a bad defensive football team, and then off you go. Then off you go. And you can't win there. You can't score there. That's concerning. So now you got the Vikings coming to town. The one thing you can look at here over the next four games is every game is Sunday at noon. Every game is Sunday at noon. Two home games, the Vikings and the Chargers, then you go out on the road. You got the Steelers. Um, But four straight games where you now get into a rhythm. This is what your week is. This is what your routine is. We talk all the time about, you know, football players and such being creatures of habit. You want to get into that routine. So now you've got that routine. Now you've got a month's worth of that. Let's see how that comes out. I Like I said, I know which direction I'm leaning. But let's see if there's not improvement. Let's see if there's something, as, as Matt LaFleur said, you got to have something to hang your hat on. Right now you don't. So let's see if they have something to hang their hat on. Let's see if something, you know, pops up, you know? You know what I would like to hang my hat on this weekend, Bill? I just tweeted this out at Wisco Grant. You know, if nothing else this weekend, what I would love is for Jair Alexander, who's making a ton of money every year, to come back healthy and to clamp Jordan Addison, who's a rookie. He's their Vikings Mm -hmm. number one wide receiver right now with Jefferson out. If nothing else this weekend, is that too much to ask from Jair Alexander making all this money? That's something I'd love to see this weekend. I'd love to hang my hat on that. Uh, I would love to see Jair come back and play well. I would love to see Stokes play well. I would love to see, you know, health on the offensive line. I, you know, and I'd love to see Devondre Campbell come back and run support. I, I mean, there's a lot of things I'd love to see. I would agree with that. I'm trying to be realistic. It's like, can I, I'll, I'll take one thing for, forget four or five things. Like if you just give me, give me one good thing. And I would like to see Jair. He's making a ton of money. Everybody loves him. Let's put Jordan Addison in his place. The, the rookie. You know what I mean? A little yeah. welcome to the league right. moment. Right? No, I, I could I could go right along with you on that. I, you know, I'll be honest, Grant, anything that sparks something is a positive at this point. You're kind of looking for anything. I want to go back to what Nas said over on the live stream. He said, Goody is not the problem. There is elite talent on this team. They just aren't being used right or taught the right way. What makes you believe there is elite talent on this team? Just because they were first-round draft choices? What makes you believe there's elite? I mean, elite is a big word. That's that's an unbelievably high praise. What makes a guy elite? Because I think at this point, everything is open for discussion. There is not an elite player dominating the league. The closest thing you have to it is maybe... Rashawn Gary, maybe like Aaron Jones, if he can stay healthy. You know, what? what is elite? That's what I want to know. To me, Micah Parsons, Nick Bosa, T.J. Watt, Justin Jefferson, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tariq Hill, all those guys – on one facet or another, they're elite. They can change games. 
what is elite on this team? You know, that that's what I want to know what elite is. Uh, Randy says, um, 13 and three after McCarthy was masked by Rogers actually playing at an MVP level. Well, if that was the case, then why didn't they go 13 and three in Mike McCarthy's last year with basically the same team? Right. That, I, I mean, you know, just throwing it out there. I think there is a coaching element. You have to be a decent coach and relatable and, it's, you know, God knows we saw, if anybody watched the last dance during COVID, you saw it. You saw what Phil Jackson had to deal with and what he had to do to keep that team together. That team doesn't stay together like that if it's not for Phil Jackson. I don't think they win a championship if it's not for Phil Jackson, even with Michael Jordan and the leadership that he had. There is a, 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 uh, you have to be as a head coach the straw that stirs the drink and keep it all together. And know how to treat guys. You know, it was you know Sparky Anderson uh, years and years ago who led uh, the Reds, the Big Red Machine, in '75, and then ended up taking the Detroit Tigers to a World Series championship as well. I talked to him about it. You know, and he said, "Look, there were certain veterans you could not crack the whip on, or they would buck. And then there were young guys that you absolutely cracked the whip on, just to keep them in line. You had to know how to handle guys, and you also had to know." who inside your locker room you could turn to to help you handle other guys inside the locker room. And that's there's an art to that as a head coach. You have to be able to do that. You have to rely upon your – you can't officially sit down and go, here's our council of elders because it, that's crap. What you have to do is there's certain guys that emerge as leaders and you have to be able to lean upon them about how they go about their business. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to give us a shout, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. Uh, and by the way, Lance says, uh, if you're cleaning house, does that include, uh, that, does that include Brock? It includes everybody. If I'm cleaning house, uh, I, I would, you know, everybody gets evaluated. Am I blowing everybody out? No, not necessarily. Cause there are good people who do good work and they're not all the problem, but I'm leaving it up to the next regime, the next staff to evaluate. That's not my place. My place is to say, here's some good people. Here's some not so good people. Uh, but I'm I'm working in conjunction with whomever it is I hire to say, look, look, this is this is your staff. But it's a results oriented business. Make no mistake about it. I'm not putting up with an aptitude. And then go from there. 877-867-1670. Stick around. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up. Scott Grodsky, CBS 58. He's going to join us coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael Show, we continue on 877-867-1670, Give us a shout, bring him in now. Scott Grodsky, CBS 58, uh, joining us on the hotline. Scott, how you doing? Hey, Bill. I'm good. How you been? I'm doing okay. Uh, are we just kind of – we'll deal with a couple of different things. We'll start first and foremost with the Mets getting permission by the Brewers uh, to talk to Craig Council. Are we just waiting for the formal announcement eventually that Council is indeed leaving, do you think? I don't think we're at that point yet. I think it's possible that uh, 
meeting with the Mets drives the price up for the Brewers. I, I, I don't know. It, it's, he keeps everything pretty close to the vest, uh, but obviously he's a hometown guy and that means a lot to him. I still think there's a possibility he's not managing at all next year. I, I think all three of the very well-publicized options are still very much in play. What do you think um, would be the reason for Council to leave? Is it just money and the opportunity to go buy uh, more players? Yeah, I think it's the, the chance, the, the same type of stuff that had David Stearns leave. Uh, I don't know that Council would leave for money in terms of his own salary. Uh, I think he might leave for money in terms of what they can give out to their actual players. The Brewers have been so close for so long, and they, they've had that bite at the apple, as Stearns put it. And I, I can only imagine how draining that can be when you can watch teams that can, you know, pay and make sure that you don't have to be in a position where right now it's, all right, Corbin Burns, Willie Adamas, and Brandon Woodruff are all in their last year. Woodruff's injury notwithstanding, you go into that thinking maybe you'll get to keep one of them. You have to trade probably at least one by the deadline if you're uh, not in contention. And, you know, if you're a team like the Mets with the insane amount of money they have, that's not really a problem unless, you know, you're 20 games under 500 or whatever they were this year. Uh, but even right. then, that's a choice they made because of how bad they were, not because they needed to financially. So I, I don't know. I, I think in my gut, I think council wants to stay in Milwaukee and wants to stay in Wisconsin. But I, you know, I, I'm watching this from a very different perspective from them. I cannot imagine how frustrating it is over all these, these past few years to watch the team be so close but in a very unfair game of baseball, not have the not have the finances to necessarily stick with the guys that you have as long as you'd want to. And you see a team like the Rangers that two years ago was horrible. They spent an obscene amount of money, and here they are. Uh, I want to switch over to the Packers because I know we have some limited time. But I, I give me your assessment of this team to this point in the season. Uh, it's a young team that is just not that good right now. Um, they they make some young mistakes, uh, and it's kind of what we probably should have expected from one of the younger squads in football. It doesn't mean they can't be good. It doesn't mean they don't have good players. I think they both can and do have some good players. They've had a lot of injury issues as well, and the injuries seem to all be coming to the veteran guys, the, the Bakhtiaris, the Aaron Jones is the Devondre Campbells of the world who are veteran guys at very important positions. So I don't know that they were in a great situation to really win at the way that, you know, Packers fans have been accustomed to for the last 30 years. I, I think this is a season that is going to be a lot about learning and growth. And ultimately in three months, if you look back and Jordan Love had a strong finish, I think you can look at it as a somewhat successful season for the Packers, even if they are, seven and ten if Jordan Love doesn't have a strong finish it's a problem yeah I was asked the question that if things remain the same and you don't really see growth you don't see progression you, you know and it just you know they win say four tops five games this year and it just doesn't look right do you make moves do you change things because I, I my position was if guys aren't getting better then that to me I start with the coaching staff and I work my way backwards and then I believe that maybe the talent is, is isn't there but what do you do if, if that's the case? Because right now, I mean, I know which direction I'm leaning. I know what I'm thinking. 
but I'm I'm trying to keep an open mind to give it to at least uh, you know at least Thanksgiving to see how this thing's going to go. Yeah, I think if it ends with four or five wins, you have to make some moves. I don't think that you're at the fire Matt Lafleur stage. I don't think you're necessarily at the give up on Jordan Love stage, although it depends on how he plays. Uh, but they finish with four or five wins, and yeah, that, that's when you at the very least change coordinators. That's when you have to consider: does Matt Lafleur not call plays, and does he need to just be focused on the uh, the game as a whole? Uh, do you look at a quarterback if you have a top five? draft pick and that probably depends on who is there and how you feel about them as well as how love looks because he's he's looked not great at times and he's looked solid at times too i i'm not in the camp where i'm ready to give up on him yet i think after six games that's a, a huge mistake uh but it's it's really hard to forecast what things will look like in january without knowing are they a four-win team that has just gotten the doors blown off in most of these games are they a four-win team that is losing a lot of one possession games um, that can change what you need to make different. But if, I mean, if they win four or five games, there will be changes. It's just a matter of who. Yeah. That's the the next question is to who would end up going and who would end up being the person that kind of, I don't want to say is a scapegoat, but who ends up losing their job because of all of this. What have you thought of Jordan Love? I, I think I've been underwhelmed. Um, I don't think it's, it's, oh my God, it's the worst thing ever. And it's time for Sean Clifford. Uh, I think that's a drastic overreaction, but I I don't know that you can watch the way he's played and and think through six games, you know, you have your guy. Um, I think in general in the NFL, especially at the quarterback position, there's a rush to evaluate whether some guy is the future or not. It took a month before everyone was talking about how Bryce Young is the worst thing to ever happen to the NFL and C.J. Stroud is the greatest quarterback of all time and it was a terrible draft. Who knows? In three years, it, it might be the opposite. Young might be the better player. We, we don't know at this point with how quickly we evaluate things. I think, what was it, Mark Murphy said they'll have an idea with Love after eight or nine games. I think right. that put him in a fairly unfair situation um, where it, it – was management giving fans and everyone else permission and a blessing to judge this guy after two months. And uh, I, I just, I don't think that's a good enough time frame. I think you got to see how he plays all year. Do you, ha- would you get a, a veteran wide receiver at this point to come in and try to one, ease the burden on the young guys two be another outlet for uh, Jordan love to throw to and three, show the young guys kind of how it's done. Would you make that deal or would you wait until the off season? I'd wait until the off season unless you're getting a veteran guy who really is just a teacher for practically nothing. Uh, but if you're talking about getting like a DeAndre Hopkins type player who is going to be commanding a lot more than a seventh round pick, uh, no, I, I don't think it's worth sacrificing any of your important draft capital to get any of that. Is it the worst idea? You know, if the Jets cut Ran- uh, Randall Cobb tomorrow to bring in a guy like him, sure. That specific example obviously won't happen, but right. uh, I, I think if you give up nothing, it is fine to bring in a veteran because that is an extremely young receiver group. But I, I would not be in a rush to give up uh, draft capital and what already looks like it's, you know, it, it's not they're not one veteran receiver away from making the playoffs. Right. No, I agree with that. I'm just kind of looking for growth. I'm looking for some guidance on how this team is going to get better and what I'm going to be able to judge that by over the next three four weeks. I mean. 
I, I've thought all along that by the time we get to Thanksgiving, we're going to kind of know. Now they're into their routine because they talked about, well, we only had one game in 22 days, 21 days, and it's just been – we haven't been into rhythm. And Well, now we got a month's worth of noon games on Sundays. So now you got your rhythm and you got your routine and you got your creatures of habit, and then you're going to get to that, that what we could call a revenge game for uh, Thanksgiving up there in Detroit. If You're going to kind of know by then where you're at, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're showing you kind of where they're at now. Um, and I'm not saying don't play the final 11 games, but I, I don't – at this point, I, I find it very hard to look at this team as a playoff team. I think what you said is what you're looking for. You are looking for growth in individual places, and you are looking for growth hopefully in key individual places to how you're going to build your team for, for next year and the next you know wave of, of Packers going forward. Good stuff. is already Real quick before I let you go, give me your assessment of the defense because at the beginning of the season we all talked about this defense needing to be close to top ten. Now, granted, they've been banged up with a lot of injuries, but give me your assessment of that. I think they've been better than they get credit for. I think Joe Barry is an easy guy to dunk on because you do see some of those, you know, Preston Smith on one-on-one coverage. There's plenty of times where guys are way back beyond the uh, – uh, the first down marker when they shouldn't be. So there are, there are some schematic issues at times. But for the most part, the defense has given them a chance to win. Uh, Matt LaFleur is not wrong when he says, you know, if the defense holds a team to under 20, we should win that game. The de- it wasn't the defense's fault they lost the last game. It wasn't the defense's fault uh, with the Saints game, uh, which they ended up winning. But a lot of these games, it's not necessarily been on the defense. So I, I think they're – I think they're better than they're getting credit for, and I think there are some good young pieces there as well, although Jair Alexander's been uh, a little bit surprising to see his season. Scott, great stuff as always. I certainly appreciate it, and we will touch base again as the season goes on, okay? All right, sounds good, Bill. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. Scott Grodsky, CBS 58. Always good to get Scott on the uh, on the air with us. Kind of a very frank and, and uh, – you know, succinct understanding of what uh, his thoughts are and what he would do. Um, and we don't, I don't think there's a lot of variance. He tends to think that uh, you got to go a full season before you really get a full evaluation as to what's going on. Myself, I'm kind of looking, I know which way I'm leaning. I'm trying to remain optimistic and open-minded. I think like a lot of people are, but man, every time you see a uh, an inept performance in an offense that can't score in the first quarter or second quarter and then they're playing from behind and scurrying to just try to get into a two-minute offense just to see if they can do something. It's, it's, it's not awesome. Let's put it that way. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Find us. We would love to hear from you. Hey, our friends over at Northern Lights Event Venue reminding you they got a little bit of a pack of watch party going on this weekend. If you're looking for something to do right there on the Milwaukee Riverfront, I know it's going to be a little rainy, a little dreary, but you can still sit there and watch you know, kind of that riverfront go by and life go by. And then inside that beautiful banquet facility with the bar and such in it, uh, where they have a live music with uh, a view during the summers. And then during the winters, they put the, the games on all the big screens down there and just to kind of have a buffet. And you can come in and have a few beverages, enjoy some time with friends and see that facility for itself. And whether it's something to do with a dinner, a rehearsal dinner, a meeting, a business dinner, weddings, photo shoots, business events, whatever it happens to be, northernlightseventvenue.com. That's northernlightseventvenue.com. More of the Bill Michael Show. Come- Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. 
customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties, check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass. No interference on that play, coach. And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry, take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com. 6.99 APR for 120 months. Surfer's Dream Supplies. Showroom for details. Offers on 1031 Good to have you back. Hey, our friends, friends at Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, they have got some weekly specials this week. They got the Surf and Turf Burger, which uh, they have uh, the burger patty piled high with spinach, Parmesan cheese, sauce, three deep-fried breaded shrimp, aioli. Oh, that sounds good. They got the open-faced smoked meatloaf sandwich. They have pumpkin bars. They got all kinds of stuff. Cajun breaded catfish for a, a good fish fry Friday. And they've got caramel apple crisps as well. So as far as the uh, cheesecake of the month. So, man, they got a lot of stuff going on over there at uh, Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews. Boondocks, by the way, uh, located on County Road K in Oconomowoc. And if you are looking for a good time, they have everything from costume contests coming up. They had the dinner theater that just passed. They, they're always doing something cool. Plus, it's a great place. It's a big, wide, spacious place. Go and watch the games. And I always fail to mention this, but I, I, I remember they have got a room that is just for military and veterans. So if you come in and there's not a seat, you are the first person to get into that military room. If you're a, me- a veteran or a military member, you come in with a military ID, they will sit you in the military room. They want to make sure that they take care of those who have taken care of us, and that is Boondocks Barbecue Burgers and Brews, County Road K and Oconomowoc. I love that. Love that aspect about it out there. Absolutely love it. So good stuff from our friends over there at Boondocks. Um, we sat here and we were talking with Scott Grodsky, uh, you know, from CBS 58 about the Packers, and he said, look, it's not, the, it's not the defense. It's not their fault. It's not their problem right now, and they're playing well enough to win. I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree with that. At the beginning of the season – we talked about where this defense needed to be. And there's a couple of categories you look at. You look at yards given up. You look at rush yardage. You look at passing yardage. And you look at points per game. The rest of that is, you know, turnovers and such. That's kind of all gravy. You want to look at the actual nuts and bolts of the defense. And when you look at yards per game, yards per game, Grant, do you have a guess as to where yards per game they rank in the National Football League? Oh, man, I don't have the brain for this, but I would imagine somewhere in the middle to slightly worse than the middle of the league. That'd be my guess. Dead nuts in the middle. Hey! 16th. 16th in the National Football League. Yards per game. So, not terrible. Not great. But I keep going back to this team, with all the talent we've talked about, needs to be in the top 10 for this to be a, a bona fide 
you know, threat of a team to win games and possibly get themselves into a wild card position. So 16th right now in yards per game. Points per game. Take a guess. I would say top third. Although scoring is down, probably a little bit better than half would be my guess. They are worse than half. No way. 21st in the league. 21st out of 32 teams. And it's not like they've played other than the Lions. They've played mostly pretty crummy teams. Like Derek Carr, Jameis Winston, yeah. Justin Fields, Week 1, Desmond Ritter, who's terrible. And then the Raiders and the Broncos, who are two of the worst teams in football the last couple of weeks. They've played bad teams. Yeah. So they've been banged up. I get it. They've been missing Jair. They missed Stokes. They missed, you know, Rashawn Gary. They, you know, I mean, Devondre Campbell, Quay Walker. I mean, there's been a lot of injuries. Okay, I understand that. But it is what it is. This is where they're at. Rush yards. The rushing defense. Yards per game. Where do you think they rank? Rush yards per game. A little worse Give than half. They are 30th. They are second from the third from the bottom in the league against the run against the pass. They're eighth. So their pass defense, not bad. Their run defense sucks again. They're 16th in the league in yards. They're 21st in points. So I agree. Look, the defense has played well enough over the last couple of weeks to win ball games. But when you look at where the support is needed and also now they have played instead of 25 minutes and 50 seconds, they have now played uh, 23 minutes and 12 seconds. Uh, the defense has more football than the offense. So it's not complimentary, but the defense has not lived up to its end of the bargain either. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We'll take a quick break. Come back. we got a lot more to get to. Got a lot more to get to. We're going to talk a little, little Viking side of the ball when we come back. In case you missed it, hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. 